Amen. Well, you may be seated. Well, welcome back to week two of Live Church. Amen. <laughs> Isn't it good to be back in the house of the Lord? Man, I, I missed it a lot. I'm sure you did too. Maybe your first few weeks you're like, hey, this is kind of fun. And then it's like, no, I miss all my people. You know, I miss being together and sharing in God's word together live. Well, that still goes on today, and it's, a, it's great to be together in the house of the Lord again, whether we're online or in person or however it is that we meet together. What a joy it is to see your faces and to know that many people are still even meeting online. It's, it's really good. So may the Lord meet with us no matter where we're meeting from, no matter where it is that we're watching it on television or live or somewhere on vacation, wherever we go to meet with God's people, to share in his word. May God bless as we hear his word together. Well, during my growing up years, <laughs> what, a, what an excursion that was in the day that we lived. I, I had a friend in, in, in my church uh, that, that it just seemed like no matter what he would do, no matter how hard he would try, no matter which way he would turn, he would always seem to get it wrong. <laughs> if he was to, supposed to go right, he'd, he'd go left. Or if he was supposed to go forward, he'd go backward. And it just seemed, you know, all of us, his friends, if, if we were getting in trouble, we'd kind of blame it on him. And, and, and he, would, he would just kind of take it for us sometimes. But he was just one of those guys. It just seemed like everything that he would touch, something would kind of go bad with it. We felt kind of bad for him. Not enough to help the poor guy out, but we, we really did feel kind of bad for him. But it was just kind of the way it worked for him. And I can even remember myself. Many times I just wondered, man, will I get to go an entire week without getting in trouble? I, I felt like the people were just watching me, like I had a I had a, a bullseye on my back or something. And it just I know my son felt like that at times. I, you know, he'd, he'd be like, the one time that I did anything. The teacher turned around and looked straight at me. And you just feel like you're kind of zeroed in on, and you just can't make the right decision. It seems like you can't even go a week without getting it wrong. And maybe you've noticed somebody like that. Maybe you've seen somebody. It was probably your younger brother or sister. You know, they're always getting it wrong. Or maybe you're the oldest and it was you. I mean, we can identify. We've all known someone like that. No matter what, some people just always seem to get it Wrong, and that's not being judgmental. It's just the way it sometimes is. Have you ever known someone like that? Everybody's zipping it today, man. They're just like, I ain't saying a word. Not even this. You know, we don't even get the little the little bump next to you. Well, Paul Harvey, in his book, For What It's Worth, it's called, the book was called For What It's Worth, he tells about a county jail down in South Florida uh, where jail officials found a plastic bag, trash bag, hanging against the bars of his cell. Inside was Jimmy Jones, a prisoner who hoped he'd get taken out with the trash. And he might have. It might have just happened that way except for one thing. During roll call, his reflexes took over. And when the name Jimmy Jones was called, from inside the bag, a muffled response, here. <laughs> they were taking roll call and he, I, I, I'm here. It's just strange, but some people just can't seem to get it right sometimes. Sometimes we may even feel we may even feel as if we need help. 
like we need a hand in this to try and get it right, especially with regard to our spiritual life. How do we get that right? How do we stop from always getting it wrong? Maybe you feel that way at times. We can, we can feel like we're unable to get it right on our own. We, we might need some help, but here's some really good news for you this morning. You see the Apostle Paul, he says that you and I, all of us here together, he, he says that uh, we have been made right with God. We have been made right with God. And there's some more information that goes with that. But that's really good news, is it not? Especially for some of us who seem to get it wrong all the time, or at least some of the time. I kind of want to go back and tell you how I was raised, but I don't think I'll do it today. I've, I've said enough about that. I never could seem to get it right. I thought there was something else, something that seemed to be missing and I couldn't get my hand on it. Paul helps us today with how we may be feeling about being right before God. We took a poll this morning with some of our ministers <clears throat> as they showed up. Just kind of, what do you think? Out of the percentage of all the Christians that, you know, not just here, just all Christians, what percentage do you think have a sense that they are right before God? And, and somebody said, oh, I'd say 50%. I was like, "Woo, okay. And, and then somebody goes, oh, I'd say 30%. Uh, oh, ow, you know, I, I, I think about that. What percentage of us at all times, at any time, feel as if we're right before God? Reading from the word of God today, I, I direct your attention to Romans 5, 1 through 8. But let's not forget, though, that when we see a word, it's a word that says, therefore, uh, when we see that word, therefore, we need to look at what it's there Four. So in Romans chapter 4, preceding the chapter 5, 1 through 8, Romans chapter 4, Paul begins by speaking about Abraham. He's talking about Abraham, about the many things that, that he had to boast about, that Abraham had done a lot of good stuff. He had a, a lot to boast about, this because he was a righteous man, yet Abraham did not boast about himself. But instead, God counted him as righteous for what? For believing and trusting God for his faith. Paul, he goes on to say that, that people's wages are not gifts. When's the last time your boss hands you a check and said, I just wanted to give this to you. You're, you're a good person. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Uh, uh, it's not a gift after they have worked, but rather their wage is an obligation because they have earned it. We're reminded that it is impossible to work and earn God's favor. Now we can remember that. We can proclaim that. How do we live that? Now, some of you are, are already resting in it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really grow up that way. There always seemed to be another level. It was some kind of retail version of who God was in my life. And I kept having these different levels that I tried to get to. They told me that if you really get here, you'll really be right before God. So I was constantly feeling defeated. And I've talked to other people who go, I didn't feel that way at all. I say, well, bless you, my friend, for not having to feel that way. It is impossible to work and earn God's favor. You see, that's where faith comes in. Paul reminds us that even David, he was looking at Psalm 32. It says that those who are righteous will be looked upon kindly by the Lord. He says in Psalm 32, 1 through 2, it's shared here in, in Romans 4, 7, and 8 from Psalm 32. Oh, it says, oh, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. 
I mean, and in case you didn't know, when it came time to be right, when it came right, when it came time to be right, every one of us chose wrong. Well, you don't even know me. <laughs> I don't have to, because it says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." So we were born into it, and when the time came that we could make a choice, we chose. The latter. We chose the wrong instead of the right. He says here that, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. I mean, the worst thing that you can possibly, the thing you don't want anybody to ever know. I couldn't stand it if anybody knew about any of my past, about what I've done. He says, whose sin is put out of sight, gone, as far as the east is from the west. Yes, what joy it says in verse 2 for those who record or, or, or those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. Cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. What a joy it says. Oh, what joy it says for those that are like this. You see, God's, God promised Abraham that his descendants would be made into many nations. And God did not grant him this promise because of the things that Abraham did, but instead because of his faith in God. Abraham was blessed by God because he accepted the covenant with God. And because of Abraham's faith, God named him what? The father of all nations. You see, circumcision or, or living according to the law, living to all the rules, doing all the right things at all the right times because that's what it says I have to do. That is not what makes a person righteous, but faith in God is what accomplishes that. Thanks be to God. Because we'd be in big trouble if it was the other way around. Chapter 4 finishes by saying that Jesus died for our sins and that is what makes people right with God. Paul's telling us that being right is not just for Abraham. This should get us excited. So get ready with your excitement meter, whatever it looks like for you. He says, Paul's telling us that, that being, it's not just for Abraham, but it is for us also. It's for us in this day, not just for Abraham's day. Jesus was raised to make us right before God. <laughs> therefore, therefore, let's turn and read from the Word of God today from Romans 5, 1 through 8. It says it this way. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. If there's any privilege today, it comes through the scripture of our Lord. It's an undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems. Oh, that's just like us, is it not? Man, I'm really suffering these days. Woo, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Isn't, I mean, not how you do it when you wake up and maybe have a toothache or something that's just really oppressive upon you. We, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It says here, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know what? We know that they help us develop endurance. 
And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope, he says, will not lead to disappointment. You'll never be disappointed over what these things bring to our lives of what God has for us. For it says, we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. And then in verse 6, it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. He died for us sinners. If that offends you, Repent now. <laughs> Don't worry about that offending you because we all have been sinners. Verse 7 says, Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, uh, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed us something. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us when? While we were still sinners. Right in the midst of our rebellion. Right in the midst of saying, get out of here, man. I'm going to do what I want to do. And there he was. There was God sending Jesus to pay the penalty for our sins. While we were still in our rebellion before God, he did that for us. He did it for you personally, individually, by name. That's crazy amazing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, we're grateful and we're thankful. What a joy it is to know that you were doing what you were doing long before we ever thought we even had a choice. So we're grateful and we're thankful this day. Lord, pin your word to our hearts. Free us from the way the world puts it on us to find some kind of acceptance before God. There's only one way to have that, and we're looking at that today. Lord, help us as we, as we accept your free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're grateful, and we're thankful this day in Jesus' name. Amen. So I ask you, did you hear it? Did you hear I'm getting all excited. You think, oh, he's just being a pastor. No, it's exciting. Did you hear it? Did you catch it? I don't know if you heard it this morning, but you and I, if we believe and have faith in God through Jesus, we have been made right with God through Christ our Lord. There's no baseball game or football game or anything to watch this afternoon. You might as well get your banners out and just start getting excited about what God has done. Don't just run past this idea, the reality. Think about it for a moment. We don't have to wonder whether we'll be found acceptable when we stand before the throne of grace. When I was a kid, I was worried about that every, every night. Uh, there were times I went to bed praying, and I'd fall asleep, and I'd wake up and say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I fell asleep on you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I, 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 he, he was the big ruler in the sky. Whack, whack. You know, if I, just, if I got out of line just a little bit, when I was a kid, hey, you wouldn't remember this, kids. And don't worry, it ain't coming back. But they would bring me to the front of the class and they'd put my hand out and they'd take a ruler and start whacking my hand with the ruler. Why? All I did was go knock on an upperclassman's door and then run and the teacher saw me doing it and now I'm in the front of the class getting my hand smacked by a ruler. That was a penalty for my sin. They don't do it that way anymore. And we're, we're probably thankful for that, I suppose. The, I don't know. It depends on the age group that you ask. You know, you know should we bring it back? They're still doing it. You want to bring it back? Well, let's, let's not talk about that right now. I get nervous when we start talking about the different things. I mean, if you really want that, you can go live in Texas. They're still doing it in Texas, you know. 
But, but God, to me, at that time, when I was younger, he was just the big ruler in the sky, just whacking me every time I did something wrong. And it's the wrong way to view what God, God, in, in, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He sent Jesus in our stead so that we could have right standing before God. So how does it take place? How, how, how is this great and amazing thing that God has done, how are we to be made right with God? I mean, there's always going to be people that want to create new hoops for us to jump through. Oh, well, you're going to have to read 12 pages of the Bible in order to find accept. You know, you know what I mean? They're going to say, if you would do this, then God would do that. And there are some of those things, but they never have to do with our salvation. They have to do with God's blessing. And, and you know, if you want God's blessing, you got to get under where he's pouring it out. And we can find that in God's word, but you don't have to jump through hoops to find acceptance from God if you've accepted him as your, uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, there we go. Boom, here we go. So how does it work? How is it that we are made right with God? Well, contrary to how most of us have been taught or raised since we were very young, many of us, it's not according to working harder or longer or following a prescribed set of rules. I still kind of have to get that through my thick head, don't I? I got to do more. I got to do more. There's more to be done. And I, I get there early and I sometimes leave late. And it's hard for me to stop doing what I'm doing because God wants more from me. That's not what God wants. That's how I was raised. I don't know how you were raised. Do more, get more. It's not through following a prescribed set of rules. It's number one, through faith. Through faith. Paul is telling us that we receive all this simply through faith. He, he writes, therefore, again, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of the key verses in this passage. Uh, Winifred Holtby, she was asked one time about the characters that she writes about in her book called South Riding, and, and they were so untrustworthy. She was asked about that, and she, she replied this way. She goes, well, I intended to make them good, but they just would not be. She's the writer. <laughs> I intended that my, my characters would be good, but they just wouldn't be. And sometimes that describes us. Does it not? I mean, let's, let's own it for a minute. Let's admit it. For all of our trying, most of us just can't and don't always do what is right or righteous. <laughs> so we often miss the mark. We don't get it right every time. I don't get it right every time. One of the best things my youth pastors ever told me when I was growing up, all of them, they'd say, don't look at me, man. They'd say, look to Jesus. Don't pin it on me. Look to Jesus. Should we be a good example? As best as we possibly can, but look to Jesus. He's the perfect one. We don't get it all right every time. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and as a result of this failure, I got him. <laughs> as a result of this failure, that fly's been here since early this morning. He, he likes me. I don't know. He's, just, he's gone now, gone to heaven. Our peace with God can be destroyed. It is destroyed through sin, but Jesus is the one who bridges that chasm. Jesus, the cross, comes and bridges that great gulf that exists between us and God. And because of Jesus, our peace 
our peace with God is restored. It is through faith, our faith in Christ Jesus, that we are forgiven and accounted righteous in God's eyes. Through our faith in Christ, we are declared innocent and we are acquitted of all wrongdoing. Doesn't that feel good? I don't know. There was always yesterday. Uh, you know, that's how we feel sometimes. We're justified through Christ. This is all according to our faith in Him. And apart from Christ, it's not possible. So there's a lot of people running around trying to do a lot of good things for a lot of different reasons. But apart from Christ, the peace will never come. It doesn't come by what we do and how many hoops we jump through. It comes through faith in Him. And apart from Him, it's not possible. Apart from Christ, we might think something is laid to rest. It's gone. It's dead. It's buried. But then all of a sudden, it's like a nightmare that reappears over and over again. The guilt that we feel becomes, uh, it's because of our actions, the guilt of our sin. It rises to haunt us continually when when we least expect it. We think we're kind of getting along pretty good and boom, there it is. That's not the kind of resurrection that Jesus was talking about for our lives. Jesus offers forgiveness and freedom, forgiveness and freedom from our guilt. We are forgiven and made righteous before a perfect God because of Jesus. Amen. In a San Diego courtroom, two men were on trial for robbery. A witness was being examined by the prosecuting attorney who asked the following sequence of questions. Get ready. (laughs) Were you at the scene when the robbery took place? Yes, was the reply. And did you observe the two robbers? Again, the witness nodded yes. The attorney then turned up the heat and he boomed out his last question. Are those two men present in court today? And there was no need for the witness to answer or for the jury to deliberate for very long because the two defendants sitting over there both raised their hands. (laughs) Here. You see, even though those crooks weren't super bright, they do teach us a little something about our spiritual journey today. We start our journey towards justification and acquittal before God when we acknowledge our guilt and we put our faith in Christ. You see, if we have found peace with God, if we have received what God has promised for our lives, if we are right with God, it is number one through faith and is number two through trust. You see, we're challenged by God today. We're challenged by Him to not live according to all that we can see all that we can touch, all that we can feel. It's the way that we, our, our normal way of finding the solid ground that we walk upon. We used to do it out in the Midwest. We'd, we'd walk out on a frozen pond. This is how we see if it's going to be okay. We start with the one step, and we go there, and then we go to another step, and it's not until we hear that we think maybe that's not very safe. When maybe what God was saying is, you don't need to be on this pond. Stay off this pond. But but, but we tend to look down and and see what our footing is. And today, Jesus, would, I believe, would say, look up. Look up. Look into my face. See where I'm leading you. See where I'm guiding you. I've got a place to take you. And you don't have to look down here and figure it out for yourself. I've already planned out what I have for you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 
It's a well-known verse. We know it well. I write it in most of our, our seniors' Bibles when we give them out because it's such a good one for your entire life. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And what? He will make your path straight. He will guide and direct your feet. He will show you which way to go. And we don't have to figure it out for ourselves or jump through particular hoops and find... The, uh, the church likes me now because I decided to be an usher. Who cares? I mean, if God wants you to do that, do that. But, but, but we don't have to do it to find favor with God. You see, we are challenged by God today to not live according to all that we can see. If we are to be right before God, if we are to stand before him, it will be through faith. Faith in in God through Christ Jesus for our salvation. It'll come because we have trusted in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus is acknowledging. It's acknowledging him in everything that we do, not trusting it in our own strength, our own understanding. We will seek him with all of our decisions in life and even during the times when we don't seek him. Get ready. This will mess with you. You'll have to chew on this one over lunch. Even when we don't, Seek him. He will be with us there also. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even when you thumb yourself at me and say, I'm going to go my own way. If you ever notice, as soon as you turn around, no matter how far off you've gone, there he is. There he is. There's a story told about uh, before Louis XII became king of France. He suffered great indignities and cruelties at the hand of his cousin, Charles VIII. He was slandered and he was thrown into prison. He was kept in chains and he was in constant fear of death. And when he succeeded his cousin to the throne, his close friends and advisors, they urged him to seek revenge for all the shameful atrocities that were perpetrated upon him. But, but Louis XII would not hear of any of those suggestions uh, of the whisperers that were in his court. Instead, they were amazed to see him preparing a list of all the names of the men that had been guilty of the crimes against him. And behind each of their names, they noticed that he had placed a red cross. Right behind their name, a red cross. Well, his enemies, they, they heard about the list and they were worried about that list. They thought, uh-oh, that means my death sentence on the gallows. And one after one, they all began to leave the court and, and they even left their country. But the king, he learned about their flight, that they were leaving, and he called for a special session of the court to explain his list of names and the little red crosses. He said this, be confident and do not fear. And he said it in a very mild tone. Don't worry about this. The cross which I drew by your names is not a sign of punishment, but a pledge of forgiveness and a seal for the sake of the crucified Savior, who upon his cross forgave all his enemies, prayed for them, and blotted out the handwriting that was against them. That should shake you up a little. I mean, you, you see, we each know what kind of lives that we lead. Just between us and God. We know what goes on from the inner part of who we are. We don't always get it right. And as a consequence, sometimes we lose all hope. We see the cross and we only think of judgment and consequences of our actions. And we're consumed and overwhelmed by the guilt that comes. That guilt often gets in the way of us accepting God's amazing and free good news. 
his free forgiveness, and we get his message to us kind of all mixed up. Maybe if I work a little harder, maybe I do a little more suffering for Jesus, just a little more, I'll find that acceptance. You see, the good news is that all we really need is to trust God and trust the faith that we claim. Being right, don't miss this, being right with God is through faith and trust. One writer put it this way. I call it the fides. Are you ready to be fied? The last two services when I was done, I said, you've all just been fied. Get ready. He, he'd say it this way. He, he, he said, often we can become terrified of being justified because we think we might be modified and our lives nullified. Well, he said, you will be gratified and I hope mollified to know that when we are justified, we are not nullified, but rather dignified and classified and identified with the one who is crucified and glorified in our God. Our lives are purified and fortified by the one who exemplified God's love and through uh, and though we are mystified at how he can be how we can be justified by the faith of the one who was dissatisfied we are edified our faith is intensified and revivified through our faith we are certified justified and made a bona fide child of God he says i hope that clarified what it means to be justified and amplified the message testified to by paul you've been fied you've been fied you see, we're, we are justified and we find peace through God, with God, through faith in Christ. And when we have peace with God, we can follow his son anywhere. Like the disciples, like all Christians, we are called to follow Jesus. And be, because we are justified by faith through Christ, we will be strengthened in every way to follow him. And that's our challenge. Get this, to get it right simply means getting right with God. To, to, to get it right means simply getting right with God. Here's the question for today. Do you have peace? Do you have peace today, regardless of what the world is going through? I mean, peace through pandemic, peace through during riots, peace through destruction, economic hardship, the, the murderous things that are going on. Do you have peace through all these things, all things bad news? It won't go away just because you turn the news off. You see, even during great struggle or challenge, we can find God's peace and hope for our lives. Paul put it this way, we boast in our sufferings. Is that you? Is that me? Man, it's hurting now, God. It's hurting now. That's not my norm. That's not the way I, I but, but, but we can. He says we boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope never, it never disappoints us. Never. Why? Because God... God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. What a joy that is. Do you need peace and hope today? Receive Christ as Lord of your life. Faith in Him for salvation of our souls. Then trust that no matter what we face, we have peace with God for the Holy Spirit is with us producing good things for our lives. Receive or rededicate your life to him today. I had the privilege this week on Friday or on Thursday and then again on Saturday, the privilege of spending a little bit of time with David Wright. 
He's one of our members here. Many of you know him. David is at the brink. He's looking over the edge of his life uh, to the next. He's been fighting the good fight, running the race of life, and now he's looking at finishing and crossing over to his eternal promised home. And while I was sitting there holding his hand and he was, he was lucid on Thursday speaking, he smiled and he whispered to me how good God has been to him over all the years. He's now confident that the Lord is truly with him, ready to receive him into his eternal reward. In fact, the family was astonished because out of his sleep, his eyes awakened and he said hi to Bob Smith. Yeah. Hey, Bob. Uh, Who knows what's going on as we look over into the next life? But, but you see, the reward for him is not all for what he's done, but it's for him because of his faith and his trust in the one, Jesus, who gave his life for him. And David is at peace with God. It may be today. It might be tomorrow. I don't think it will go much further. So pray for him and his family. But he's at peace knowing who he has put his faith and trust in. So I would ask you, if you're not experiencing that peace today, you can by receiving Christ into your life or rededicating your life to him. If that's you today, just pray this prayer with me as we bow our heads and pray. Father, we are grateful and we're thankful for your word. It frees us, Lord, from that sense of guilt and despair of not having, not, not being um, right before you. We may find ourselves lacking peace today or lacking that sense of rightness before you. And there's something we can do about that, Lord. If we've never done it before, we can accept you, receive you, knowing that we were sinners from day one. And we, even when we had the choice, we chose the other. And we recognize it. And, Lord, today we ask you to forgive us. Uh, forgive me of my sins, Lord. To blot them from my life as far as the east is from the west come into my life. I want to make you Lord of my life. And if I've wandered off, I turn around and there you are. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're with me at all times. And Lord, as I turn around, I recognize I've been checking out the ice on my own. I've been stomping on through it, trying to find out if it's going to crack or not. And you just wanted me to turn back to you and and that you you would direct and guide my paths forward. Forgive me for going my own ways, Lord. Restore me to the the road that you would have me on. I commit myself to you, Lord, and I receive all that you have for me this day. Thank you for those that have done that today. If that's the case, Lord, we give you thanks. May we have peace and hope, and may we be strengthened, even during adversities, Lord. May we be strengthened in our walk with you. We give you thanks today for these, your things, Lord, that you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.